Hello, Michael here with a quick introduction of the new Detention Live show. Detention is now a streaming show on Twitch every Wednesday from 9 until 10.30ish, featuring Scott, myself, Matt, and a host of rotating guests from within and without of our network. I also want to warn you that with these detention episodes, we get a little bit loosey-goosey. We're much more likely to use adult language. We go off on weird tangents, and we do a lot less editing of these episodes, so they're not quite as tight as like a faculty meeting episode or a show-and-tell episode. So if you enjoy that sort of thing, and it seems like most of you do because our detention episodes are quickly becoming some of our most popular, but if you're new or you're not sure, there will be probably more language than in our other episodes and a lot more tangents. You have been warned. And I'd also like to thank our sponsors. These detention episodes are sponsored by both BattleBards and Easy Roller Dice. And now, on to the show. Are we live live? Well, I was counting us, so uh, (laughs) I caught half of that. Uh, Thanks. Uh, But yeah, now we are. I couldn't see you. This is fantastic. Are you blind? Hi, Internet. (laughs) We're figuring things out. So welcome to Detention Live, our first, as you can tell, because it's a work in progress, uh, live version of Detention. Uh, We had a cool template laid out and everything, and then my internet wouldn't work. But welcome to Detention. Again, you uh, catamaniacs. Uh, That's the entire reason why we're doing the show this way now, so that I can say that correctly. And uh, if you're not familiar, uh, (laughs) Detention is where we kind of talk uh, with some faculty members. We talk about things we've been doing, some old campaigns. We talk about class discussions. And in the live version, we're going to take some audience questions, assuming we have an audience. So uh, my name is Michael. I am the one of the hosts here at the RPG Academy. Uh, and I have two guest hosts with me today as well. Faculty member Scott. Scott, say hi to everybody. Howdy, all you kids out there in Radio Live. Thank you. And Matt. Hi, live viewers. So we're going to stick kind of to the script. Uh, the first thing we do here in detention is we do extracurricular. And that's where we talk about things that are going on in our lives, kind of outside of the gaming scene. Uh, So, Matt, I'll actually start with you. What are you doing outside of these hollowed halls? Um, Doing a, I I guess I'm going to use the word a lot. It's almost once a week uh, improv at uh, Theater 3, Friday Night Face-Off in Port Jefferson, New York. In addition to that, I also have another show on Saturday that we're doing as a training session for a bar mitzvah. So that's you're, the, you're training for a bar mitzvah. No, no, no. We're training kids to do improv for a bar mitzvah, which uh, seems like I don't know how that's going to work because there's a lot of dancing and like partying at a bar mitzvah. We're going to be like, all right, bar sit down, everyone, break into groups. You guys are doing ten things. You guys are doing. Uh, how are you doing? You guys are. You know, that, that I don't know. It's going like to be weird, but I'm getting paid, so I don't care. Hey, um, there you go. Sell out. And uh, I caught up on the Expanse real quick and super obsessed with it so What's... i've heard very good things i haven't oh. got around to watching it yet oh it's so good what, what is it's it so it is a quote hard sci-fi uh show on sci-fi network uh right. it's based on a series of books called the expanse and uh yeah it's uh, very good i enjoy it thoroughly weren't you literally awesome. just telling me that that um 
What the? I made a Wi-Fi joke about the expanse because I thought maybe one of you saw it, but apparently you didn't. So the joke went. But yeah, the Wi-Fi in the expanse is incredible. They're they're like doing things like across the system, and it's working, and they're talking to each other. We can't we can't stream two states away. Yeah, yeah. That's why I said if we had internet one sixteenth as good as they do in space, I'd be oh my god, I'd be Mm -hmm. through the moon. Yeah, people talk about how like oh you know the 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 technology is so advanced in Star Wars. Like, are you kidding me? They still have the fundamental problem that still plagues us today, right? How do I send a big file? Like, <laughs> I have a big file. I need to send it to another human being. Oh, do you have you like email? Nope, nope. It's under the limit. How about Dropbox? Oh, they don't allow me access to that where I need it. Like, okay, well, how about like Google? Like, oh, you know, my account doesn't work. Like, oh, son of. Oh, this is everyone's suffering, right? You end up like like yep. taking a, a a USB jump drive, just drop it in the mail, because that's efficient. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and you, and you're right. If you are not person on the address, do not look, please. Yes. Pa- password protected. Password will be sent in a separate email. Mm-hmm. If email is not received, password will be sent to a to a dead drop uh, mailbox at X yeah. location. It's it's glued underneath a bench in the park. Facing the trees. Which, <laughs> which tree? <laughs> which park and which tree? I, I you say. know, Scott always uses birch trees, so just find the birch. <laughs> always, he is a birch. I, I did read about uh, today. I, I read about a um, a New Mexican retiree, multimillionaire, who has created a scavenger hunt where he buried a million dollars worth of gold and uh, precious gemstones uh, somewhere in the Rocky Mountains. And uh, he published a book of poems some while ago, and, and he says the that the first clue you need is in like one of those poems. I don't know. And the wait, the first clue is in one of the poems in the whole book. Wow, he really is not. Yeah. I, I think so so he maybe I, identified I, the poem. I don't know, but it's, so, yeah. so Scott, funny story. I actually also myself buried two million dollars worth of gold and precious gems, also in the Rocky Mountains. Go look for it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The the first hint is embedded somewhere in our podcast. All interested parties need to download and listen to every episode and and like it all. You have to wait, like wait, it, wait. or else you won't get the. What and podcast you... is that? <laughs> just just know. for those who just tuned in because oh, they heard a million dollars. Oh, that that is the RPG Academy. <laughs> but you may have to listen to the episodes at different speeds or possibly even backwards to get the. Get the clues. Yep. Imagine that. <laughs> Mount Baldy. Wait, did he just say Mount Baldy? No, it's <laughs> talking like demons. <laughs> okay, you have to get the you have to download the podcast, press them onto vinyl, get get a uh, um a vinyl player, and then spin it backwards yourself. <laughs> That's the only way to get yeah. the clues. Since we have zero viewers at the moment, I'm going to take a one minute to run over and get the drink that I forgot to grab before we went live. I'll be right back. Nice. Oh, the viewers are writing. No. Oh, God. They're burning dead Baltimore again. No. Scott, are you okay? I, I have no idea what we're going to do. Yeah, that was what I was up to. Uh, that's outside of gaming. That's good. Oh, hey, we have a viewer. Oh. And you got to see me get up and jump up and get a drink and hear sirens in the background. That's a fine question. Uh, let's see. I've been working. I've been trying to work more hours as opposed to almost no hours. That's that's kind of the first goal. Um, yeah. Um, 
We, uh, I, I had a sketch comedy show uh, for Black History Month, and that just wrapped up now that it's no longer Black History Month. Mm. Somebody did suggest that, that uh, with, with just a little bit of writing tweaks, we could do it for Women's History Month. But, uh, yeah, yeah, didn't, uh, didn't work out. You're, you're raising your hand yes, so I'm insistently. Ju- I'm, I just have a qualifying question about your working and, and I'm, hours. I'm sorry, thing. no. I'm going to take a question from uh, 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 yeah. some, somebody else yeah. Uh, yeah. who, who Ten Skypes points in. for Gryffindor! There we go. <laughs> I don't know what, what 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 did you want? Uh, so so are you getting the same amount of money that you were at less hours? No, that you're getting with the, oh you're not no, okay. Then I understand. No, okay, no, then I understand. Because no, no. if you were getting paid the same, I'm like you're winning, Scott. Why would you want to <laughs> yeah. lose? No, no, no. I'm I'm losing. I'm I'm okay, losing gotcha. slowly. It's it's one of those. Uh, yeah, it's not a salary job where they rely on guilt and um, <laughs> performance reviews to, to make sure that you put in enough like button seat time. It's an gotcha. hourly job where, yeah, they, they just assume you'll sort yourself out. Once you can't make rent, you'll, you'll start showing up to work. <laughs> or not. Hey, or, or you'll get a better place, whatever. Yeah, pretty much. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Okay. Awesome. I didn't know that uh, I didn't know um, government assassin was an hourly paid job, so that's interesting. Learn something new every day. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's very... <laughs> yep. mm-hmm. Nice. So as for myself, I have to mention I'm contractually obligated that a catacon is getting ready to gear up and I've huh? been working on the Kickstarter. It's going to go live on April 13th at one o'clock in the afternoon, Eastern time. Hey. But beyond that, I've actually been watching Legion, which I think you guys may have touched on that in an earlier episode. I can't remember, uh, but it's the new show on FX that's loosely sort of based off of the X-Men comic character. It mm-hmm. is very good. Yeah. I, it's it's very weird. I mean, it's it's one of the things like the first couple episodes, I was very impressed with it more than entertained by it. But it's it's not like anything else I've seen. Just the the direction, the the like the cinematography, just the color palette, the whole thing is just weird. But that's what it's going for. The main character um, in the comics is the son of Charles Xavier. I don't know in this version if that's who he's who he is or not. But basically, he's a very powerful mutant who has telekinetic and telepathic abilities. But everyone just thought he was crazy because he was hearing voices. So he spent most of his life in and out of mental hospitals, and he's been convinced that he's schizophrenic. But now they're telling him, actually, you're not schizophrenic. You can just you can literally hear other people's you know conversations in your head. So he's you're like literally a, hearing thoughts. That's okay. yes. But he's like an unreliable narrator because he is. He actually has gone crazy partly by being accused of being crazy his entire life. So he's actually a mutant, but he's also actually crazy. And apparently one of his abilities isn't just like, he actually can create reality. So if he thinks about something, it becomes true, but he's crazy. So half the time, you're like crazy stuff comes true. Yes. So sometimes as the, as the audience, you don't know, like, is this actually happening? Is this real? Uh, It's, I don't know. It's hard to describe, but it's very, very good. Definitely would recommend checking it out. I think it's, it's like an eight or nine episode uh, first season. I think they're like um, episode five or six, but it's definitely worth worth a watch. Probably going to leave that for when my other podcast, Zero's Talking Heroes, a comic discussion <laughs> and movie podcast, uh, hits the TV genre. Ah, nice. You guys both making good references <laughs> with your time. I just referenced a show that had closed down in a city no one lives in. <laughs> <laughs> Talked about how I don't go to work. Yeah, well, you know, yeah. We all what else have, our have going on? I, uh, I really like Natty Bo beer. They don't pay me to say that. I just like it. <laughs> oh, 
I'm drinking an L81, by the way. This isn't an alcohol. That's a soft drink. I'm not paid to say that, but I just really like these sodas. I'm drinking alcohol. <laughs> I figured nice. I needed a glass because I'm the only one not wearing them. I'm drinking <laughs> water, but out of an alcohol-themed glass. Is there that... you go. Okay. Yeah, we're... We're all, all the one viewer knows that I'm the one with the drinking problem. <laughs> hey, technically, I think we have two or possibly three viewers. It's just that uh, we only have one active in chat at the moment. Oh, look oh, at well. that. Mm-hmm. At least so, we have one active in chat. That's interesting. Yes. And actually, uh, Chromatic Chameleon is one of our uh, upper tier patrons as well. Hey. Oh, well, so, thank you for being a patron. Yes. Thank you for your patronage. I'm sure uh, Michael enjoys all those nickels. You can you can hear him shake as he literally, walks these days. Literally because, dozens uh, his, of them. <laughs> yeah, his pockets are just stuffed with nickels. On um, purpose. And they're all cold. I keep them in the freezer, Ooh. just like my L.A. No. Um, <laughs> you got so. cold hard cash. Oh, <laughs> I see where you were going with that we, pun. I, we need oh, like wait, a, I got we need, it. I got it. Hey, I got that. I got we need a bell I can ring. Get the sound, but we need we need Ding. dog sounds. That they're perfect. <laughs> Dingo and the baby. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Perfect. Nope. Okay, great. Okay, guys, I'm going. <laughs> Awesome. So, so the next thing we're going to do uh, tonight is we are going to spend some time talking about a used book. Used book is where we take a look back at a campaign that we played in the past. And like looking at a used book, we're going to look in the margins for notes to see if we can figure out what went well or what we could do better next time. And I believe Scott is actually going to talk about a campaign that you've played in the past. Scott, let us. Yeah, yeah. What do you got? Uh, yeah, th- this is so exciting because during the uh, the the eight podcast episodes we recorded of Detention, uh, one random <laughs> guest or another always had a, a used book they wanted to share, and and it always cut me out. But I I have a uh, what I consider a great one. We uh, I have a, a campaign that died twice, which I think is wow. is yeah yeah yeah. This I'm was, working on that myself. This this was way back in junior high school, so, right, I mean, basic maturity of human beings is probably a component there. But we were playing a Supers game, uh, and we were using uh, the Marvel system, uh, probably an edition or two ago. It was, it was a great system at the time, right? It was so much better than Palladium, which we'd all been uh, sick of, and so much less crunchy than GURPS, which we're all also sick of. So, we're playing uh, Marvel system, but we were playing, uh, we weren't playing, oh my god, no, we were playing Palladium's hero system. Ah, you had got to roll percentiles to determine the radio powers. That system was terrible. But uh, pardon me for, for my brief distraction. So we were playing uh, this terrible system for heroes. But we'd all we'd all created villains. And the idea was we were going to play super villains. And the heroes would come in and try and stop us. And it oh. seemed like a much better premise, right? Like, we, right. we're the ones who get to plan the ridiculous heist of Fort Knox, right? And to, like, shrink the gold supply and then turn it blue and then no one will value it. Right. Then leave it there because screw it. Because <laughs> it's really heavy. Yeah. And, well, and, and it's not valuable anymore. We turn it green. Nobody wants green. So uh, we we had all these these fun ideas and um, uh, the 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 very first couple of sessions, uh, a, a good friend of mine uh, at the time was running it, and uh, he did great voices and he had uh, great character ideas. You know, we were we were embedded communists, right? And and. We got really good scenes like uh, diving, you know, we're, we're in our secret lair and, and, we're, and we're deciding who goes on the bank heist and, and uh, you know, we all want vehicles, right? And so, oh, you get the commie Dodge Viper, right? Like, oh, awesome. What did I get? <laughs> like, you get the commie Toyota Tracel, right? Well, what do I get? You get the commie moped. Meep, meep, right? And I was like, but I thought, you know, to each according to their need, right? <laughs> like, yeah. 
You know, you're the one who yeah. rolled best on character creation. You get a boat pad. That's that's how that works. Yep, communism. It communism. Works. Middle East yeah, in role yeah. Playing. Communism. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, but but uh, the the tragic thing was was the the, the the first time it died. It died because uh, that that friend of mine with the great voices and and the the neat character concepts uh, had very little stamina and follow through to to grind out a complete campaign. I thought we got through the bank and then to another thing, and then that was that was kind of it. But um, but. Then uh, I'd follow for a couple of months, and and it got picked up a second time by uh, another good friend of mine, and uh, he he didn't have good voices, and uh, the the during character stuff at the table wasn't great, but what he had was amazing prep, so he would put together uh, amazing superheroes for us to fight, like um, like Doctor Calculus, and he had a, an uh, he was like a gadgeteer, and he had an integration ray. And the formula for com- computing its damage was so complicated, he had to roll, like, 11 dice, and it could sometimes heal you. Like, <laughs> it was fantastic. You actually had to do trigonometry to figure out how Captain Calculus works? Exactly, right? You, you, you had to, that, not, not uh, a full integral, but, but uh, yeah, there, there was some uh, non-trivial algebra. So uh, that was a heap of fun, I think. And then uh, we had uh, one other friend, a uh, long-term uh, friend of mine, join up, and he had this ridiculously overpowered character that, that he was the only one smart enough to realize that we're all rolling for our pathetic, terrible superpowers at home, and he just made up all his rolls. And so he had an amazing <laughs> character, right? Like, Brilliant. That's what I do every time. Yeah, yeah, just like could punch through anything. And so uh, we were all horribly outclassed, and then uh, the, the lack of fun at the table, right? The, the prep was great, and the consistency was great, but the lack of fun at the table, uh, I think uh, that, that that's what killed that campaign. Uh, or the, the same campaign the second time. So, uh, yeah, I, I think, you know, it's... it's uh, at least growing up, it was always rare for us to find like like a DM who who kind of had all the traits you needed, right? Like the desire, first of all, and good at the table mannerisms, and prep time, and uh, these other skills. So it was an issue. All right. So thinking back on that now, other than just the DM's skill, what do you think you can take away that would make a new campaign more successful? Well, that's a, a good question. I think. Um... I mean, voices, obviously, uh, good voice acting, good uh, performance at the table is uh, really important. I think the concepts can actually get you pretty far. I think uh, we, we would have killed uh, both of those sections of the campaign a lot earlier if we'd just been running uh, one of the, the more dry settings that we're used to, right? But the, the superheroes and then the villains twist uh, really kept us in it a lot longer than it would have otherwise. I, I think the, you know, we were... Uh, literally munchkins at the time so the idea of acquiring bags of loot and ridiculous rewards was always really tempting so a good tool to to bribe your players and with bags of loot and rewards when i was uh, i think i mentioned this before in some of the other episodes but when i was uh younger uh the second game that i played after D &D was the marvel tsr superhero game the face rip version it was a percentile and you had like a chart on the back that went from white to green to yellow to red and we uh, we would just make characters and then literally go go through the quote unquote monster manual, which was just like all the different comic book characters and just fight them like in order. So we would just start at A and we would work our way through and see how oh, far we could get. Apolith. How hard could it be? <laughs> well, again, no, this wasn't Apocalypse. a monster manual. Oh, yeah, this was uh, Marvel superheroes. So we were fighting Silver Surfer, Doc Ock, uh, the Hulk. You, and you, you got that far? 
You got past um, apocalypse. I'm sure Archangel? we cheated. <laughs> uh, but we uh, we would just make characters and, and try to fight, and it was it was so dumb. But we loved it. Like we obviously we were big into comic books, uh, but we actually tried to play a campaign once or twice, and we did the same thing. We played villains, and I got to be Taskmaster, which is one of my all time favorite villains. And I had so much fun that first game, and all it was is I was training minions. Like I had, it was like, basically it was like a karate dojo, except I had all these like goons and they were lined up and I was running them through drills and one of them decided to get like mouthy with me and I had to like put him down in front of everyone else to show my dominance. I loved that. And then we never played another session. Like I was, you know, just like, ah, that was so much fun. I want to do more. But I, I think it's interesting that when you play superheroes, we, we leaned it towards supervillains for some reason. Hmm. Do you think there's something about that, that type of game that's more attractive? Or is it just an age thing? We were at that age where that seemed like it was more I, fun. I, I think the age is part of it, but I don't think it's exclusive. I, I think, uh, you know, um, it's the, the reversing your assumptions is always really novel, right? Uh, playing the heroes as villains is, is another good idea, right? Or, or, or really playing up or sending up tropes, I think, is, is always pretty solid. So uh, in that vein, I think also, you know, the the the, the tragedy about heroes, uh, comic book heroes, is that they're they're fundamentally reactionary characters, right? They like do nothing until something happens, and then they work against that thing. Boop, 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 boop. Trouble alert! Exactly right, but true. The trouble alert doesn't go off on Tuesday. They're just like doing their laundry, right? Like Superman's using his microvision <laughs> to like see stains that never come out, right? <laughs> and that's why we have global warming because it's heat ray of his rage right yeah. he just blasts or, his eyes or they stuff. plan halloween parties at the uh corridor of justice oh my god that i was, was trying to get good, there that was such a good uh, uh that's the best way podcast. to do a super game you do both yes bad guys and good guys we had great story we had great voices <laughs> <laughs> We, we might uh, have to revisit that for a part two at some point in time. I think we definitely should. And I also want to do a, a ninja anthropomorphic critters. I want to do Thundercats. Like Ooh, I, Thundercats I used to love good. Thundercats when I was a Thundercats kid. was awesome. But what are we going to do, dogs? Oh. Should, we just do, should we just bite the bullet and just do like, dogs? Like we call fog them, dogs? No, or, we'll call them lightning cats. Cloud front dogs? Oh, oh you still want to be? Okay. Yeah, we'll be lightning oh, so cats. We'll, be kitty, we'll still be kitty cats? All right, fine. <laughs> <laughs> So Matt, have you ever played in either a game superhero game and or just like playing a villain, even if it's not in a superhero setting? Well, have you ever seen um, RPG Academy's uh, <laughs> take on the Justice League of America, friends? Uh, uh, besides that, um, oh, no, we played a couple of superhero games on this podcast. I played a bunch of superhero games, but I mean, villains, I feel like I play a villain every time I'm running a game. <laughs> but a super villain? No, not really. And then there's always um oh geez, what's that game? The Marvel card game? Uh with Marvel the... Legendary? Yes. I play uh... that. That's that's like superheroes. Yes. And and you have villains that are sometimes good guys. And I love the Dark Avengers. I'm a huge fan of the Dark Avengers, so I like I like the uh the gray people, you know? Black and white's not really uh as easily defined. So um, Marvel Legends, one of my favorite games. I have all the expansions. I'm sure you've seen. Still haven't played it with you. The pictures I've posted of my OCD-ness where I've color-coded all the different settings and, uh, you know, all that kind of good stuff. I've never Uh, seen it, but I've heard you talk endlessly about it. Yeah. I really like that game. I I rarely get to play because the problem with it is the setup. Like, I've said this before. If they made an app 
for that game, I would pay for I don't care what it costs. I wouldn't even blink. It's, it's 100 bucks. I would pay it without thinking about it because I love that game, but I hate having to go through all the process of setting it up and all the process of taking it down. So if I could just do to do on my, on my iPhone or iPad, I, literally money would not be an object to buy that. I don't know why they haven't done that yet. And Shane has actually played Marvel Legendary with me. He he would like for you to know, Matt. He's, he's a witness. He, he... Well, he played it with me. Uh, I think at Gen Con a couple years ago. Oh, fancy, I'm, fancy. I'm taking it with me to uh, our faculty retreat in two weeks. So oh. you know, if you oh, were geez, to join in us, two weeks, you you could play it there. Uh, I want. You know, I, yeah, I really got to oh, get more wow. hours at work. You know, I just. <laughs> Well, apparently you don't. <laughs> so. Yeah, exactly. If you leave, you don't have to pay rent. So just leave. Yeah. Oh, no, yeah. The hobo life. The hobo oh. life. I've, I've considered it. Honestly, uh, there are plenty of people in Silicon Valley, uh, you know, making six figures and living in the parking lot, right? Like, that's what you do. I guess, God, don't you have to there? Because the cost of living is so high that six figures, you still can't get an apartment? <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, if you just breached a hundred, you you can't afford a studio. You you get like a closet in someone's house. We need to take this out of real life because I'm getting real sad real fast. <laughs> yeah, so 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 to roll this back to the superheroes game, I think yep. um, you know, I I, I think the, the 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 player's ability to have agency, right, and and to to uh, proactively plan and and be able to choose their own goals, right, not just have like a quest board or like a you know the universe is threatened, but like how do we want to threaten the universe, right? That's I think that flexibility is, 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 can, can drive so much uh, depth and interest. And, and uh, this gets me back to uh, uh, an RPG that I've mentioned at least six times on these detention uh, podcasts, the prior audio podcast, but I never remember the name. And Caleb's always the one who reminds me. So let's, let's see if it's, it's like a, it's, it's a newish indie system. And the idea is as you level up your gang in this city, and the city is like a fixed setting, uh, the, the gang has its own character sheet, right? The, the order Shades of in, in the, the dark. dark. One of those two. You both wow, like Jinx. Blade, Blades in the Dark. Blades in also, the Dark, Shades in the Dark, something like that. And they also, Dusk, Dusk City Outlaws is kickstarting now or just finishing. It has a similar mechanic, I think. Or Mordheim. I mean, there's plenty of games where it's like a gang of people. They're yeah, fun. Well, I mean, there are plenty of games that where you're a gang of people, but but there, there are a few games where the group shares a character sheet or shares a metric for, for common success. And I really <laughs> like that idea. I mean, uh, a, 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 you know, just uh, ballparking, ballparking, spitballing, uh, playing with ideas for, for indie games. I've, I've often thought about an indie game where everyone literally has one character sheet. Like, why not pass hmm. it around or something? I mean, you know, you wouldn't want to get into everything as John territory, but I'm sure you could find something fun to do with that. Mm. Design goal, something to see if you can come up with a, a Mo- shared... Monday, I was pretty sure that... Uh, it is Blades, Blades in the Dark. Yeah, I think so as well. And not Dusk City Outlaws. Well, I know, I know that's not Blades in the Dark. Yeah, it's a different game. But it's, I think it has a similar mechanic. This Blades in the Dark is already out. Dusk City Outlaws just... Uh, well, Dusk City right. Outlaws sounds like this interesting game that I've seen called Grim Slingers? Grim Slingers. Oh, is it uh, Dark? No, it's Weird West. But... I saw pictures of it in like a magazine. I was like, what is this game? And I looked it up and it's one of those card based like RPG type magic-y games. And I'm like, I don't have time for this, but it looks so great. <laughs> so I, I want to get back around because I think Scott touched on something I, I find kind of interesting. The idea that as a bad guy, you have more agency. 
because you are the active participant. I don't know if that would necessarily be in all types of role-playing games, or it could be, but I think superheroes in, in particular, yeah. Yeah. because yeah. that Four does color seem... comic of superheroes are just waiting for the world to be imperiled. Yes, so, so being the bad guys there does actually kind of put you in the role that you would normally be in as, as the hero in a way. You actually plan and you organize uh, what you're going to do, and uh, I don't, I, yeah, I don't, I mean, I don't know if I have anywhere to go with that, but I just think that's an interesting idea because you're completely right. And in a superhero game, Absolutely. generally speaking, you're reactionary. Hmm. Uh, yeah. And also you, you have less uh, worry about what happens. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, this person gets in my way. Well, then I kill them. Well, well, but, but no, 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 no. I want to do X. He's standing in front of X. So now he's no longer staying in front of X and I'm achieving X. In a hero game, it's like, oh, well, I, you know, I have to uphold this idea of justice in the American way. And I can't move Johnny out of my way. I got to ask him politely. Yeah, but I mean, so so you just give uh, the villains different sorts of challenges, right? That killing people is not a challenge. And so you you give them challenges where killing people uh, works counter to their goals, right? Mm. You're trying to get uh, your, your own Manchurian candidate elected, right? So... You know, he should probably not shoot people in the street, even though he says he could get away with it, right? <laughs> you, you you need to play that on the DL a little bit to, to get the candidate in. So, Fair. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, I should... Uh, I've, so, I've talked so about you, Blades of the Dark, I really should just buy it. Pre-order so if, is cheap, so... If you're going to play a superhero game as the heroes, how could you do that in a way that you're not reactionary? Like, like how would you do it? That, you know, I've, I've, I've played one game like this, well, and, and at least, I mean, this was one interpretation, right? But but uh, it was a, a Rifts World uh, game. So, you know, but uh, the the idea was, was that there was a, a cataclysm so grand coming that, that it was like Apocalypse, right? It was literally the Apocalypse. No one had any idea of how to stop it or what to do. And it was, it was the, the, the presence of these beings who were so powerful, they'd just like stroll through anything and thought that humans were playthings and would walk to a city and amuse themselves for a few months, you know, on Earth of, of just murdering everyone, right, personally. Uh, and, and then they'd go fly away and do nothing for a while, you know, that, that was, it was this uh, ongoing uh, cataclysm. And uh, the DM had not built in, he, he'd not written a way he thought that, that this would be solved. He's like, I, I just, you know, made up some absurd amazing like incredible stats for for these these villains and then uh they're just going to do whatever they're going to do until you guys act against them right you guys need to create an idea of how to change this to the world you want which which is similar to be villains right if if you assume that that uh this this extremely high-powered person represents the uh the goodness and decency in the world that you want to crush right and I was like, what are we supposed to do? Like, raise a huge army? Like, build a super weapon? He's like, if you figure out how to do either of those, <laughs> knock yourselves out. Right. Like, I don't care. Yeah, but, but even then, you're still, like, like, if you're playing Superman, do you just proactively go look for all the bad guys? Like, like they're in their evil air planning, but you just, like, break in on them? Or do you go to the bank See, and go, hey, your bank's not protected very well. Let's... Let's build some traps around your vault. Like, it's oh. still it seems every, every, weird. Every time, uh, I feel like that that's a, not an uncommon trope in uh, superheroes, and it always gets the hero into trouble, right? That one where Batman's like, I know. If I set up cameras literally everywhere in the city and have access to them, I can stop crime before as it happens. And then he's like, wait, no, this this is not, I did a bad thing, you know? <laughs> or, I, I mean, minority report. Against me. Superman minority Red Sun, report. 
Minority Report, yes. Superman Red Sun, uh, if you haven't read it, it's a great um, trade paperback novella it's a, graphic it's novel, a great graphic else, novel it's a great collection. else world yeah it's yeah. a fantastic else world collection but um if if you haven't read it but it's it's uh one of the things the, the the trope twists i loved about it was that superman uh didn't just wait to solve crimes he he was an active engaged uh person trying to make the world perfect right so like he didn't allow it to rain if not everyone had an umbrella right he got so tired of 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 being able to see and hear like car accidents and ships being sunk, right? And then realizing that that people, since they knew that that you know every sixty seconds or something, he could fly to a new place in the globe and save new human lives, right? They 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 stopped putting lifeboats on boats. Like why? Superman will get us, right? And and his reaction to that was to create like a totalitarian police state to enforce safety so that he didn't have to, you know, he could have a little free time, right? Right. <laughs> I've really wanted to take up knitting and I just Oh god. After that he could play Brainiac in chess, right? But yeah. before that he was just like, you know. Yeah, like, I mean I do think that's that is an aspect of, of the Superman figure that is generally glossed over, is it would suck to be him. Despite that you have all that power, you're essentially have no agency. Like, so you're always reacting. But if you can hear everything, so either you have to continuously, without stopping, try to save everyone in the world, or you have to say, hey, I'm clocking out. So for the next 15 minutes, people are going to die. I could have stopped it, but I need 15 minutes. And then you have to live with that, that you could have done something and didn't literally every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there, there's a there's a a great uh, and I, I brought this up on other detentions, but there's a great uh, Saturday morning breakfast cereal comic. It's a web comic uh, about uh, Superman and the greater good, just kind of deconstructing that idea. And uh, right, they, it starts by proposing the question of like, is it really the most efficient use of your time for all of humanity to stop individual muggings, Superman? And and it ends on uh, Superman. The most efficient use of of your time is to be a source of free energy for the entire planet. So we need you to constantly turn this gigantic dymo <laughs> at, at a consistent speed forever. That's all we need you to do. That's 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 your job, right? Like like there's a meter of power usage because uh, funny thing about electricity, you always have to be generating exactly as much as you're using. We just don't have much storage in the system, right? So like he just like has to turn it faster and slower depending on when people turn on and off lights, and that's all he does, <laughs> right? Because otherwise, the moral complications of doing anything less than that are that people die. So uh, yeah, it was it's a, it's a great comic, single panel. It's good. I mean, single panel, but single page. It's good. That reminds me of the uh, of the cracked after dark uh, video where they they deconstructed Batman and Bruce Wayne and they actually figured out that Bruce Wayne would actually be better for Gotham mm-hmm. if he just like did boys and girls clubs and and like put money into the streets and all this stuff than Batman ever could be and it's just an amazing like uh, video it's it's well, four four people sitting in a diner like late night just like arguing with each other using ridiculous amount of facts it's it's great and, I th- and again i actually think you guys did cover this specifically but it's the whole indiana jones thing that, it, it, that he did nothing in that first movie raiders of lost ark indiana jones accomplished nothing the movie would have happened exactly the same way whether oh, he was there or not he was a witness or a tourist <laughs> Yeah, basically he kept doing things, but he, he was impotent that at the end they, they still opened the arc, which they were going to do anyways. If he hadn't been there, they probably would have taken it to Germany and like maybe kill Hitler because he would have been there when they opened it. Yeah. So him being there was the worst possible thing throughout the entire movie. Well, he became immortal and so did his dad. So that's kind of nice. 
Well, there's well, but only if he stays within like you know a hundred square oh, yards. Oh, right, of that right, place. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, that's what they said. Yeah, you know, there's an upside downside to that. Yeah. So, okay, all right. So, anything left in used books? That's that. That's it for me. I think. Awesome. I'm gonna buy Blades in the Dark. I was that's gonna say I'll play it. Blades in the Dark with you, Scott. <laughs> we, we, we may have to do a trial of that because all uh, right, I'm excited. Very cool. <laughs> he keeps mentioning it, never buys it, and then finally just goes, eh, fuck it. How much Wait is it? <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. I worked an hour this week. I Come can on, guys. afford this. Let me just pull out my credit card on camera and put it in this uh, thing here. <laughs> is that a nine? <laughs> can, you guys, can you guys make that out? Is that? Okay. All right. Cool. Nice. In the chat, what's the, what's the back say? <laughs> oh, that? <laughs> so the, uh, the last thing that we do in, in, in normal detention, we're going to do a little bit different tonight, is to do a class discussion. And they, because I'm not always part of these, they've kind of worked their way through the core classes of D&D 5e. And yes, there's some unarthorcana or arcana that has come out. I don't know that we've revisited all of them. But of the classes we have not touched yet, I believe Monk is the only one that's left. Now, normally Caleb is the one who does the research and actually reads up on the monk. I have not done that. So this is going to be a very high level conversation as far as I'm concerned. I have the so, book open. So oh, well, you've got me beat. So, so Michael, what do you recall about the rules for the monk? <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, that they roll a D20 and they have key points. And they have no armor that they never wear. They have weapons that they never bring with them. <laughs> she and... is not a monk. Yes, but she would have been much more effective if she had been. Yes. Just saying. So, so key points. You remember key points. Uh, do you remember, remember any key points. key points about key points? That you can spend them to do something like uh, stunning fist or flurry of blows or something like that. Monks in D&D are Dragon Ball Z fighters. <laughs> well, in... If you've seen Dragon Ball Z, that's what they do. No, 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 way uh, Avatar extent. The Last Airbender, like there's the, the storm or elemental version uh, that feels like Avatar The Last Airbender, basically. Yeah, but but in, in, in all of their incarnations, I feel like they're Z fighters. They're always doing things, moving their hands really fast, flying around, deflecting things off their bodies. It's, it's the much better definition of them is them to be Z fighters. I, I cannot recall if I've ever played a monk. I probably have, but I can't recall. It wasn't memorable if I did. Have either of you played a monk in any system? Oh, yes. Yeah. I mean, uh, and, and not always just to exploit a bunch of rules that, that uh, really <laughs> advantaged monks. No, Although, I don't think I've ever played a monk. I can't recall a specific time that I've played it and enjoyed it. I often mm. uh, will play a monk for like a few sessions and then realize that it's really dull, that they mm. do really mediocre damage and it always seems underwhelming. And they, they, they can like flurry of blows a couple times a day, but it's much better just to have two weapon fighting all day long. So, um, and feels cooler. I mean, their flurry of blows damage is so low, they could probably do it all day and not be imbalanced. So I don't, I don't know why they didn't do that, really. Yeah... So they're, 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 so so usually uh, we 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 you know divide these conversations up into two parts, right? The mechanics, and then we discuss the the flavor, right? So um, I assume we're discussing mechanics. Sure, Matt. What do you got there? You said you got the book open. Let's oh, talk sure. About the uh, mechanics let's talk of about the mechanics. Okay, so there's a plus two and a d four. Um, there's some unarmored defense and martial arts. Then the next thing is another plus two, another d4, two key points. You'll get key points to level two. That's fascinating. Uh, yeah, they, they, they spread it out in fifth edition, yeah, right? Yeah. So that you, you didn't just do a one level dip and get all the fun. 
exactly. Yeah. They, they don't want you to do the little, the little dip dip. Honestly, the, I, I love the first three levels of all the the fifth edition basic the core classes. I think they they basically it's the first three levels are, are like um like the uh, what do you call that that section of a video game that's the very beginning. It's like tutorial. Just, yeah, it's the tutorial to how to play that class, right? They give you a couple of abilities in the first level. You're probably just going to die and roll up a new character, and then like up, up by the time you hit third level, you know how to play a fighter or a barbarian or whatever. I enjoy that. <laughs> I, I, uh, what, what do you guys think about the the difference, uh, the two build options offered in the basic book, like the the hand to hand combat um, monk versus the the spell monk. Well, isn't there also like the shadow, which is like basically yeah, a the, ninja? There's the shadow. Uh, there's the, the yeah, the way of the shadow, the way of the four elements, and the, the, the open fist. palm. There's oh. three. So basically, you got your ninja, you got your avatar, the last or the uh, yeah, avatar, last airbender, and then you have your um, Dragon Ball Z version. Hmm. Yeah, I uh, personally, I think out of the 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 last airbender, I've I've uh, uh, my girlfriend played uh, one of those, and and you know, like like here's the book. What do you want to play? And she picked that, like the monk. And I was like, oh, well, <laughs> what version? And she picked the last Airbender one. And I was like, oh, well, you're gonna have a bad time. But I'm gonna be supportive and just let you pick, and we're gonna go with it, right? And uh, it was it was not the greatest, I think, in the end. It was. Um, you know, you, you you get slightly fewer spells than a wizard, and they seem to do slightly less, and they're they're just I don't know. It's just not as awesome as it could be. It feels like I know this is supposed to be the mechanical part, but it feels like the monk is something you play when you just want that flavor. Like you you pick the monk if you want to play a monk, and you deal with the fact that mechanically it may not be as equal. And again, I don't know the mechanics i don't even care about the mechanics i don't know if you break it down shane's in the chat he probably does know this how it compares to the other classes as far as damage output but for me the only time i would play a monk is if i just i have an idea for a character that that fits and you know i've seen this online there's there's been some pretty i'll use the word aggressive conversations i've seen where people don't like there to be monks like like there's a bit of sort of discrimination yeah, like, that... like like the, the the medieval uh european theme and then yes. also one token asian character class like right so what do you guys feel like do you have any issue like are, do monks make sense in your dnd worlds yes uh, i mean i i just don't write out the either i write out the eastern part or I, you know, then they're like a drunken fighter, right? Like it's, mm -hmm. it's the orc who lives in the tavern. Like, of course yeah. he, you know, but it turns out he can just punch a dragon in the face because he's awesome, right? Yeah. He's it, Rick it, McAwesome and he <laughs> punches dragons in the face. It's it's just the, the flavor that you put on the monk that really makes it weird because the monks that I've played, because I, I realize I have played monks, except they've only been Franciscan monks, you know, the guys with the weird haircuts and it's been in like, you know, uh, it's been in like civil like war type game. Thing. Yeah, exactly. It's been in like the war of the roses game, stuff like that. So I had monks and they either had cudgels or maybe one of them had a, a musket, but that was it. The the monk was the brown robes and the weird hair. So that's, that, that's an monk. excellent point. I've, I've played a space Marine before. I mean, they are the epitome of warrior monks. Just, just, saying. <sighs> just, just saying, just, just, yeah. just, just saying. I mean, I mean if, I, okay, if we're going to compare monks. Space Marines to a to a class in D and D, I definitely paladin. feel like they're more paladins. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 
They're However, all paladins. <laughs> just because the armor. Right, exactly. And the, the lawful stupid, I think, possibly, right. depending on what chapter. Pro- program Stupid ultramarines. Ugh, the worst. <sighs> They're so... Gas station. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, the, the, so... Uh, what, yeah, I think in a medieval uh, game, it's it's tough to shim in. Uh, however, in in uh, right the the opposite, right? If if you're playing an Oriental Adventures type of game, or uh, I mean, there there it turns out uh, I've, I've played one or two like sailing and naval combat games. Monks are amazing at those. Like oh yeah, everything you every weapon you have can be used underwater to no penalty. Every weapon you have can be used without drowning you. Like. You have a bunch of abilities to have balance, right, on a shifting vessel. Like, all the unique challenges inherent to a, a, a sea-based campaign are, are nullified by just playing a monk. So, I don't have an issue with, like, the Eastern version, like, you know, Eastern coming into medieval fantasy. Because it's, it's a game with dragons and orcs. Like, yeah, it, 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 to me, I think it's silly to say that an Eastern monk doesn't make sense. But I do have sort of a weird hang-up on wanting like i think the monk falls into a very weird place mechanically in the game from like in a narrative standpoint where if you live in a world where you can live by a sword you can find a dagger you can go kill an orc the the choice to forego most of those weapons to train to use just your hands when you know that you're going to be fighting people in heavy armor and with swords and stuff it seems like a risk but then you also have sort of magical abilities. But if you're going to have magical abilities, why why would it make more sense to be an actual sorcerer or a wizard? So it seems like it's not fighter enough to really be a fighter, and it's not magical enough to really be a, a wizard. So you have to be choosing specifically to do that. And I I can't really wrap my head around a good reason why you would do that. Because uh, you it, like it, Dragon Ball Z. Well, I mean, obviously <laughs> you you can because your character literally would be better mechanically as a as a monk. And fits the entire fluff of the monk. So you've you've inadvertently come up with uh, with a justification to play a monk. You just <laughs> didn't build your character that way, right? Oh, yep. for those of you uh, at home, we're discussing uh, Michael's character in Rot Iron, who uh, he built uh, as as a shittier version of a monk using a bunch of other classes like fighter and cleric. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and then she's not a magic, monk. She and just has a magical wear armor. initiate because. Yeah, because he wanted to screw with us some more. I yeah, don't yeah. know. Yeah, it's it's, it's like uh, I'm going to troll my friends via inefficient <laughs> character builds. <laughs> Army, we have to go to combat. You go up front. I don't have my armor today. What are you doing here? <laughs> Why would I wear my armor on a ship? That makes no sense. Also, Khan is my dump stat. <laughs> <laughs> and wisdom. I'm a cleric with a negative one wisdom modifier. <laughs> You uh, can't actually multi-class into cleric with a negative one wisdom modifier. Nice. Mm-hmm. Well, we don't worry about break mechanics. The rules. Yeah. Uh, you know what they say? If you're having fun, you're doing it right. <laughs> That's right. And I'm having a lot of fun playing army. The rest of us aren't having any fun because you're doing it so wrong. That's that's the corollary <laughs> to if it's 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 an ambiguity in in English. You know, we we, we don't have a single word for y'all. It's if y'all are having fun, <laughs> then you are doing it right. We all are not having fun. So you, Michael, way wrong. So I disagree. Wrong. I think we are all having fun. Okay, maybe. But we are. <laughs> Despite we are, but your terrible. It, does, it doesn't mean that we don't wish that you would wear armor just like, oh, God, I want to say 25% more of the time. It is, it, it is the D&D equivalent of, of like the social propriety level of just not wearing pants. Like a exactly. up, like, what up, guys? Like, that's not appropriate. 
But to, to hey, be guys, fair, my shirt covers all my naughty bits. And it hasn't like, it hasn't affected us yet. So once something happens and Army gets like the crap kicked out of her, and I almost die because I didn't have my armor on, then I might go, hey, you know what? Maybe I should start wearing my armor. So what you're saying is next session, I should just beat the crap out of Army. <laughs> just just Dane's going to sneak up to her in a dark alley and just beat the shit out of him. <laughs> Army, like, where's your armor? How do you know my name? I mean... <laughs> <laughs> quit bludgeoning yourself quit bludgeoning yourself i really wanted dane to take a, a level of vengeance paladin because i felt like that was very fitting eh, it, was, it was an option and i was like ah we're not gonna level up much in this game and now we're like level eight or nine it's ridiculous <laughs> yeah things can change so to bring this back around to monks so the only thing that i remember from my olden days is quivering palm and slow fall, which I think both of those exist in 5e as well, or at least in some version. I'm pretty yeah, sure slow fall does. Something like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but slow yeah, fall right here. Snatch arrows? That was always like the coolest 17th oh. level power that no one ever used by 17th level. I actually did play a monk. Or at least I played a character that could snatch um, missiles, because I remember I had a moment in a game that was really awesome because I, I did that and I rolled a natural 20. So, we let so it, it was basically the big trouble in little China thing where I caught the dagger and then threw it back and killed the guy. But that, yeah, that, that's, it must have, again, other than that, I don't really remember that, uh, that game a whole lot. I think I was multi-classed into a rogue also or something like that. But I remember Quivering Palm and I don't know, this is again, I'm, I'm diverging a little bit here, but that's just the way it worked. Is I kind of feel like in, in older editions of D&D, there was a, a sort of an assumption about the world where you might be the only heroes in the world where it seems like now, like when you go into a tavern, it's kind of assumed that that tavern is full of other adventurers, just littered, just filthy. Yeah. yeah. You're going to, you're going to run into another druid where in like first edition, you might be the only monk that these people have ever seen. And you are weird and mysterious and your powers are still mm -hmm. above mortal man well, yeah, uh, so you're because like a superhero. The, the first editions were built off Tolkien, right? And the later editions were built off World of Warcraft. I get maybe. I, I mean, that's, that's the cultural phenomenon that we that we pulled it from, right? Or 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 people players close closely associated with, right? Or maybe Lord of the Rings, the movies, which uh, did not make everyone feel mystical and unique, not nearly so much as the books did. True. Um, so, I don't know, but it, it just sort of feels to me in, in a weird way that. If you were playing a monk in like first edition, even though you might not be mechanically as, as powerful, which again, I don't know how that works in first edition or even fifth edition, but you would still be so much ab above the common people that you would feel special and feel unique, not necessarily compared to like the other classes. So I don't know. It's just, it's just a thought that hit me as we were, as I was thinking about what I would talk about with the monk is that in older versions, it, it felt to me like there were less heroes in the world. Mountain Dangerous tells you that you're wrong. Shane yeah, says that the uh, city of Greyhawk, uh, in, in the lore, subsisted entirely from uh, adventurers hauling treasure out of a nearby dungeon. Never played Greyhawk, so I'm still right. Uh, you have, because it's the, <laughs> it's the default setting for like every edition of D&D except 4th and 5th. So uh, you, I always, I always played Homebrew. Yeah, but, but Homebrew basically is Greyhawk asterisk, right? Because you start with the deities and the stuff from Greyhawk, and then you change after that. Or is 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 uh, Matt? Is is this the sound of of little claws on like linoleum, and and you're like tossing things to a tiny <laughs> animal that desperately wants to pee and have your attention? 
Yes. <laughs> yes, I am. Because we've had a shitty bit of weather this last two days. So being outside kind of sucks. Yes. So now, now he's got some energy because I don't know why. And mom's baking, so... Can, can, can we at least get a, a pleasure shot of, of this dog in question? Yes. Come here. Don't be. You're, you're going to pick the dog up, not move the camera. <laughs> that's, that's... Oh! <laughs> He's actually a pretty good lap dog, so it's okay. Right, Dopey? <laughs> hey, puppy. <laughs> get us, viewers! Now get out of here! So a uh, chromatic chameleon had to jump off, but uh, he said that uh, if the bars are all full of heroes, how many orcs slash humanoids had to die to get them there? A lot. Yeah, a it's lot. A ridiculous yeah. amount. Yes. It's, but it's fortunately, we'll make more. Mm-hmm. All right. So again, uh, I don't think we did the monk justice. But, 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 uh, well, but, but we haven't uh, gotten to the second half of the monk, which is the, oh. the, the, the lore, right? The, the fluff, which is the mm. part you should excel at, right? So, so what do you think of, of the Eastern flavor? Or, or have you guys played any Eastern-themed games? Uh, I have. Um, or I, I have played regular D&D, quote-unquote regular, with a heavy influence. So it wasn't just like the one monk, but like people were samurais. So like all of the fighters were... Samurai. you know samurai basically mm-hmm. paladin that type of thing um and then the monks were more of the ninja style which again I, that's one thing about fifth edition according to chain it's not a very good subclass or, or or build but i like the idea that they basically said this is a ninja that that's what rather than you know trying to create a different class they mm-hmm. just take the monk and do the subclass mm-hmm. um so yeah the the flavor feels weird to me i don't have a problem with the eastern i just i still have a weird thing like why would you choose to be a monk mechanically and I'm not the. I don't do min maxing. I don't care. But, but I can. I can only think of like fluff reasons. If like you just want to play that, you know, um, sort of meditative Zen like character. You, that you, you can only think of fluff reasons, and yet you would. I mean, you have a mechanical reason to play a monk. You just didn't. <laughs> just, just we just keep coming back to that. You're like, I can't think of any reason anyone would play a monk. Like, oh my god, stop saying that. <laughs> You, you 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 can't just try real hard just try just try for me uh no 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 so what about you so so what are your thoughts on the flavor of the monk in a dnd game uh i i like the the wanderer i like uh wushu style uh games um I've, I've played a couple of, of uh, all Eastern stuff, and, and I only felt vaguely weird about cultural appropriation, you know? Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I think it's, it's, it's a fun setting. I think I like the idea of, of playing a foreigner or a stranger in strange lands, right? I, I played a character for a while that had taken a vow of silence, and uh, that alienated him from the party and uh, a lot of the world. He was a psionic character, which was not revealed uh, much, but, but that was a very, very different power scheme, right? So he, he could have just as easily been a monk and uh, probably had skipped the vow of silence and still had a, a sort of similar ostracization. Uh, <clears throat> and uh, I've, I've enjoyed that. Um, I, I think uh, a lot of the, the fluff aspects, right? Like, like, you know, the, the powers that I do like uh, about the the monk are like right on message, right? Like, like the five point palm exploding heart technique, right? Quivering palm, like the snatch arrows, like the slow fall. You know, basically just by being able to bound, you know, do the the drunken tiger hidden dragon thing, right? So, yeah, I I, I do like the fluff. All right, what about you, Matt? Uh, personally, whenever I think of a monk in terms of D and D, I always 
put it in i know i've hit this a lot but a z fighter you know what i'm saying the guys on dragon ball z they train with their hands they shoot they shoot fireballs out of their hands and force beams and things out of their eyes and make grenades out of nothing and that's how they fight and when they're given a weapon they're like i don't want to fight with this because i'm good with this mm-hmm. so hmm. it's just a different way to to play and even when they do come against swords they find a way to uh you know um fight them like for instance when goku and trunks fight each other and goku's defending the sword with freaking fingers and it's like that's a sword and you're using your finger like a sword that's crazy (laughs) so that's what i think of what uh when i think of a monk but at the same time a lot of people who who do spend a lot of time on themselves and working on their body and you know uh doing very introspective things they would meditate they would spend time alone they would do all this key stuff even if they're not calling it key they would do a lot of centering and stuff and that makes sense for what you're doing and as long as you don't say oh i'm from that monastery yeah we'll, we'll never go there don't worry about <laughs> it like that's that i think is a cheap you know a cheap shot where you're like oh i'm from this uh, i'm from the seven bells monastery it's in the the hunain mountains down by uh watery way you won't we won't go there <laughs> next session you're right outside the gates and you're like uh i'm not supposed to be here my master hates me crap <laughs> Oh, <laughs> so I, the thing that actually came to my mind there um, was GI Joe, the whole Snake Eyes uh, Storm yes. Shadow, Snake Eyes Storm Shadow, exactly. That, that was you know sort of a monk in a situation that like everyone else has like literally grenades and chainsaw rifles and weather dominator machines, and you got two dudes running around with swords, but they only seem to fight each other, you know. For the they most are part. nemesis, right? Their clans are ancient enemies or something. Well, if you watch the movie, they were uh, pupils under the same master, wait, and then wait. are you Storm quoting Shadow. the movie with GI Joe? Yeah, mm-hmm. movie's not canon. Yeah, actually, there canon. there was a cartoon which I think also followed the same thing that they were um, brothers, if and then also rivals. And Storm Shadow killed their master because he was jealous because Snake Eyes was the better pupil or something like that sounds like ken and ryu i like it better when they have (laughs) (laughs) so i guess you know from that standpoint but again it's still that still feels like it's sort of an outside thing like it works better in a scripted show where you can always have storm shadow and snake eyes sort of pit against each other where in like a role-playing game you're gonna have to mix it up a little bit more yeah but i mean they didn't always like uh, there, there were plenty of times that they they would fight, you know, like Scarlet or or random mooks. I mean, they 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 got their fresh air. But but what Michael's saying, and it is true, whenever they saw each other, oh yeah, then, then it, it was, was it, it was, was laser it was focused. Like they would push other people out of the way, like no no no, this is champion <laughs> combat. Me and him, I'm blind, he's not. Let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> I remember an episode of GI Joe where there was three new um, Cobra recruits. And they were trying to determine which sort of like tenure path they were going to go into in their in their time with Cobra. And so they had three different of the named characters sort of show off. Recruit and, them. And they kept going. Yeah. And Snake Eyes, his or uh, Storm Shadows, is he jumped on a tank and started like karate chopping the tank. And then he jumped off the tank and then the tank just fell into like a million pieces. Like he he dissembled the tank just by going all over the thing. 
That's way more exciting than when Dr. Manhattan did it in, uh, in, um, God, what is the name? Well, the, well, the Watchmen. Watchmen. Uh, and Shane, yes, I do know that movie. I know it very well. I, I have played blind characters because of Jinx. And then that was where they went to like Cobra Law and the, the Serpentor, all that kind of stuff. Uh, and yeah, the, the was, Transformers was, movie yeah. was awesome. When, 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 I don't know. Uh, uh, like, like the entire show, Cobra Commander was the shit, right? Like Cobra Commander was the most terrifying supervillain ever. And the, basically, the entire movie was just treating Cobra Commander like a bitch. <laughs> yeah, he like pretty the, much... The, the goal of the film was was to make us all feel stupid and ignorant for ever having, like, peed our beds, literally, about thinking about Cobra Commander and how terrifying he was. Is Cobra Commander a bitch? Then why are you fucking him like one? <laughs> I think uh, that's... Serpentor! That, that's that's sort of the trope, is that you take the thing that people are scared of, and then you show what makes that thing scared and then you're like oh god that must be so much worse than what i thought was scary if the thing i'm scared of is scared of that it would be like if you know it from stephen king showed up they're like oh my god that thing's gonna kill me and you're like oh my, well, you're like a demon from extra planes why were you afraid and then you know terror great segue <laughs> yeah man uh shane in the chat says it's nice to know that uh, somebody had cobra commander's back that guy was me. I loved him <laughs> to death. Like that mirrored face thing. Like Oh, the mirror face was awesome. But the, the napkin, please tell me you didn't like when he wore the napkin. That was weird. No, but I did the one of my napkin? one of my favorite things he about wore, G.I. Joe. He wore like a, a, a like cloth. a hijab? Oh, no. that was like like er, real early in like season one or whatever. Yeah. yeah he had like the black. Yeah, that, yeah, that no. was also pretty cool. I mean, that, no, that was the, terrifying. The mirror thing the was mirror awesome, thing but was cool. when he was wearing the napkin and he was like jumping around doing stuff, I'm like, dude, you're not hiding anymore. Like that shit flows, but it doesn't flow when you run. Come on, this is bullshit. But there was there was a moment. I don't know if it was in that movie that Shane's talking about or not. But there's a moment where Cobra Commander has his mask off, and Destro walks in, and he's eating, and it's just like sort of like you know the camera's behind, and Destro's like, Ugh. and Cobra Commander actually says, "It's it's hard to watch me eat." And I was just like, oh my god, what what is his face? Like I was a kid, I'm like, I wanted to know what that meant. No, it's 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 just like. Um, uh... Who's, who's that 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 uh, inspector gadget enemy claw the claw right you oh dr claw. claw oh yeah like oh man he must look really terrifying next time gadget wow <laughs> nice mm-hmm. so uh the last thing we traditionally do with classes is uh uh, just just very briefly discuss uh, any settings or or campaigns or fictions where we think uh, all characters uh, are actually of the same class. Dragon Ball Z. Yes, oh, we've sorry. thoroughly covered that. I think uh, honestly, <laughs> you Matt, you hit the nail on the head. I, Avatar: uh, The Last Airbender. Yeah, yeah. Also, possibly mm. a, a great one. I, I think uh, you know th- there have been past ones that was kind of a stretch to to think of this one, but uh, yeah, the. Uh, I, think I mean. Got, um... Iron Kingdoms has a class called the Pugilist, which is basically the monk with all the magic, but it's a lot of the punching and like the physicality. So besides that, I mean, it, it's, it's, you know, it's the uh, brawler, but it's a professional brawler. So like a bouncer. Shane so, mentioned uh, Star Wars. You could consider the Jedi to all be monks of oh, all sort. Definitely. Definitely. All, all the force users no! are some, are some, my God, they have catch arrows and return them, except they're <laughs> laser bolts. Hey, yeah. that was a great scene. 
So, uh, are we extending this then to the Matrix? <sighs> Neo is the one monk. I, I heard today that they're making a, a remake. Yeah, yeah, I heard that too. I don't know why. Like, okay, it let's, wasn't let's... made that long ago, was it? That yeah. and also, they opened it up for so much more. Why can't they just tell another story in the same universe? That would be great. Yeah, because you thing. find out, you find out in the third movie. Spoilers for anyone who hasn't seen the third movie that this is the seventh time this has happened in hundreds of years, yeah. and every just time there's been a, the third there's time. been a one exactly, and every time it basically looks the same. It doesn't freaking matter. Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. Yeah, architect. except one time it looked like Blade. I'm sure. Yeah. Well, that's fine. Yeah. They, 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 they reset the really, universe, uh, and then there were yeah. vampires. Yeah, exactly. Hollywood's really screwing the pooch sometimes. They're just like, let's just remake this. Or you could do that guy's idea. He's got a he's got an idea that's got half a leg. Make that work. <laughs> nice. But that's just me. What the fuck do I know? <laughs> I've only I've only done movies, am I right? Yeah, pretty much. So again, I don't know we've done justice to the monk, but that's okay because it's over. <laughs> that's it. We're done. We're done We're with done. the monk. That's okay. No more Cause... monkeying around. Boo. Nice, nice. <laughs> I mean, sound effect. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> Freeze frame. And <laughs> <laughs> we, we all go out on the. So, high five. Matt, you go up. Scott and I go down. It's a, it's a high five sandwich. <laughs> I like well, mine with go mustard. Like no that, one cares. Yeah, yeah. So, Matt needs to do that, and then we need to do that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> See, what's totally weird is on my screen, I'm on top. So, it's like, why am I, oh, am I, why am I raising the roof? <laughs> Yeah. yeah, on mine, you're on the bottom and Scott and I are. Yeah, I yeah. bet. I bet I am. Yeah. Uh, but in the future, <laughs> we're going to we're gonna change the segment to uh, cryptozoology. Ooh. And we're going to do something similar. We're going to take monsters and kind of do the same thing and talk about different monsters and their mechanics in the game and how they can be used and that kind of thing. Uh, so we have hundreds of monsters that we can go through. Um, and we might circle back around to the classes at some point in time. But that pretty much cryptozoology myself. Yeah, I, I figured you would be. Uh, but that pretty much wraps up the first attention. I, I want each of these episodes to to feature a Q&A at the end. At this point, we only have a couple people watching. I'm pretty sure Shane's one, and I think I'm the other. So, Shane, do you have any <laughs> questions that you would like to ask us today before Ooh, we wrap up? I have up? a question I'd like to ask Shane. If, okay. If you're, Shane, if you're going to be so active on the chat, why don't you just be our special guest next week? Uh, uh, spoiler. Uh, <laughs> I, I think he, I, I okay a birdie might have told me that he wants to actually be a special guest but i didn't know it was open to him so <laughs> <Is it> not <laughs> no it, it would be yeah see that'd be great yeah we, we can get uh what well uh, this was me inviting you so there <laughs> Now you've been Scott, officially invited see, by the person see, who's the not thing. in charge of officially inviting you. Exactly. So Scott <laughs> invited up. you, and Michael won't attack him because he knows that Scott has more guns. If I did it, I'd get a nasty email right away. Matt, why are you inviting people to our thing? You know that I'm the boss, and that's it. I'm withholding your check this month. Yeah, I've got a Those whole bunch nickels. of them stacked up. They're, they're stacked up, ready to go. Yeah. They're postmarked. I just, I just need to put them in the mail. I keep forgetting. Those Every dozens time. of nickels, dozens. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, okay. So, so Shane, would you like to ask a question? And by that I mean yes, please ask at least one, so that we can have this as a segment, and then we can wrap this up and go about our lives. <laughs> I just want a question. 
Once was a man. I mean, we could we could always do the the best thing ever that I invented. Bling, 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 bling. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Otome Emporium. How may I help you? Yeah, hi. Um, I'm looking for. Do you guys have lamps? I just I need a nice oil uh, lamp. Uh, oh, lamb. Oh yeah. Could you bring me some lamb with chutney? That sounds great, honey. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Who who is this? Oh God, is he bathed? Oh. Oh God, I think that's vomit. Oh. Uh, is no, this an that's, employee? That's, that's just lamb. It, it's just oh, lamb. I, I just God, could this, really use more lamb. Is this how this place runs? Can I see your manager? Uh, hi, I, I, I'm the he manager. Is the manager. I'm the assistant oh. to the manager. You were saying about lamb. Um, Damn it. We almost uh, had a sale on lamb. Dane, you've got a little something... <laughs> Not so much here <laughs> as or it is here. all in here. Yeah. Uh, yeah. For fuck's sake, I'm gonna burn this place down. <laughs> <laughs> Raisin. Uh, welcome to the Ottoman Emporium. Would you like a raisin? Because <laughs> we don't have those. These it's, are rabbit turds. <laughs> this tastes like grass. Those, those aren't you're turds. Not, those are the second thing that come out of rabbits' butts. But they're not they're not, they're not turds, right? You're not wrong. <laughs> awesome. Anybody know off the top of their head what they're called, or am I googling it right now? Rabbit turds. The the things that come out of rabbits' butts that are not turds. Scott. Nothing. Nobody. I don't. Nope. Nope. No. I think they're just poop. They're not poopy turds. So since the audio version. <laughs> No one can see. We will say, Shane just asked, what was the second thing that comes out of rabbit's butts? Yep. Oh, he definitely asked that. And uh, I'm, I'm looking, Shane, but but uh, it's, it's, it's a tough one. See, I'm, I'm more of a chinchilla expert myself, so I don't, I don't know what uh, the... Although I've had rabbits, that is true. But I've never noticed a difference in turds. <laughs> you didn't, like, count them? Like no, one, exactly. One, for one, me, one turd, for you. two turd, three turd. <laughs> what the fuck is that? Four turd, five turd. <laughs> Oh. All right, drum roll, please. Shane has a question incoming. I probably shouldn't do this to my laptop. It's very fragile, and Scott hasn't made me a new one yet. It's true. He's got so much free time, but he doesn't care about me enough. Oh, yes. Rabbits have special feces called sensecotropes, or night feces. They're produced through fermentation of food in part of the rabbit's digestive tract called the caseum. Catatrotropes are soft feces that are nutrient-rinsed and passed out of the body like normal stool, but are re-ingested later by the rabbits so that important nutrients can be reabsorbed. It's it's like the cow thing where they vomit it and then re-digest it, but, but rabbits don't have enough room for many, many stomachs, so they have to crap it out and eat it again. So wait, so what you're saying is that we're talking about a different turd and calling it a different... Yeah, we're, we're we're talking about sex seacotropes, c- c- right, right, which right. are well, not turds. As right. Shakespeare famously said, a turd by any name. <laughs> yeah, let's coin that, Michael. All right, here's <laughs> All right. here's my dangerous question. Oh Jesus! What should you do if the PCs decide to turtle up in a safe place and be entirely reactionary, like in a haunted house? If they simply stay put in the uh, entry foyer and secure themselves, and a corollary. Is it railroading if you just keep doing things to them to force them to move? Uh, mm-hmm. I think to start with the last part first, because it's way more interesting to me. 
Uh, as, as a DM, I think it's basically your job to fuck with players. Like, uh, oh, you gave me uh, some threads of a backstory about your parents? Guess whose parents are dying? Your parents. <laughs> Do you want dead parents? Because this is how you get dead parents. Exactly. True. Exactly. True. Like, oh, you guys uh, wanted to be safe on a haunted house? Well, now you've identified that as your goal, so now I, as as the, the counterpower, need to try to make you feel unsafe in the haunted house. If you guys were cool feeling unsafe, then I wouldn't have pushed that. But now that you're not cool with it, if you needed to turtle and defend yourselves, then, then right? Like, you can turtle all you want, but go, go through the barricades you built. <laughs> so my two cents would be... Part of that is getting the players to buy into the scenario. So it sounds like you were already playing a game. So I don't know that this was like, hey, we're going to play a haunted house game. But if you were going to play a haunted house game, then everyone needs to come to the table saying, okay, we're playing a haunted house. We're going to do stupid things. We're going to go upstairs when we should leave. We're going to go into the basement when we should not do that. Yeah. So you're going to, you're going to play into the tropes. You're going to create, help create moments where this will happen. The other thing is if, turtling up is a viable option then they're not wrong for taking it so you need to make it an unviable option there, there has to be a penalty to staying there you know the the bad things will get worse if you don't go through them quickly or time is running out one of the characters is poisoned they're all having nightmares so every night the nightmares get worse and they're slowly driving themselves insane so if they don't get out before a week then they're they're going to be dead anyway so we you have to find a way to make that not the best option and force them to do something without just saying, hey, guys, move, or we don't get to play the game anymore. Michael's answer sounds interestingly familiar, doesn't it, Shane? Moving on. Yeah, burn the house down. (laughs) (laughs) No haunted house, no problems. Yep. (laughs) Boosh. What happened? (laughs) The electric got turned on randomly, and there's short circuits everywhere. (sighs) What are those cans of gas doing sitting there unattended? I don't know if I had people shacking up in a haunted house and I wanted them to move and like sending wave after not wave. Cause wave makes it sound like there's an army surrounding them, but you know what I'm saying? Like uh, a, a troop of orcs comes by or whatever and attacks and they defend against the orcs. And then maybe something else comes from the other side and attacks and they defend against that. Then I don't know. Maybe, um, maybe I start bringing spirits out. Spooky spirits. Oh, I, I had a, a party that turtled up in a house that, that that weren't sure was haunted, but it was sure the site of a gruesome murder, and they were kind of freaked out about it. And um, definitely, the 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 best abilities of ghosts are, are really uh, at least uh, three five ghosts really work uh, completely in counter to the their methods of turtling. Right? They're like, you know, we're gonna barricade ourselves in. Like, oh, good. That means it's hard for you guys to exit. Not for the ghosts to transmute through the walls, right? And the other uh, amazing trick, possession. Like, ghosts can possess one of you. And uh, that doesn't necessarily mean just attacking the party. That means I hand a stack of notes over to one player who just failed a save, and now they're not playing their player anymore. They're playing the stack of notes. And they get to be subtle and shitty to players. Like, hey guys, uh, I think we should go into this basement. What, what do you guys think? Like... Hey, maybe there's treasure down here. I heard someone scream, right? And just lead the rest of the party into a horrifying ambush. <laughs> or you or you possess that one player and then you just be like, I'm taking all of your gold and I'm leaving. And he just puts the gold on both shoulders and just walks out the front door. And it's like, they're all going to chase after him because apparently everyone loves gold. Mm-hmm. So they're going to chase after him. And then when he gets too far, he gets unpossessed. They're out of the house. And by that time, you already set it on fire. And they turn around and like, no! <laughs> So Shane clarified that 
taken out of a haunted house where possession ghostly visages is not possible. Let's say they're just there's a village under siege. So so in so, any situation they turtle up and and decide to uh save themselves. So is there something else that you could do? I mean, I think my answer was pretty generic enough that it would still you you have to give them a reason yeah, why that's yeah. not viable. You gotta, yeah, you got to flush them out or give them a reason. Well, I, exactly. I, I think it's very telling that that uh, Shane says in our case I scared them too much in the haunted house, so they retreated. Like, well, if you terrify players, they 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 may hide. That's that that's a good point. Uh, you you need carrots and sticks, maybe. You need to like give them something that they want, like their uh, father figure to have a heart transplant that's successful before you take it away from them and ruin their <laughs> dreams, right? You you need to dangle the carrot and then abuse the players. If you know, if if if, if they're turtling, it means the carrot wasn't good enough, right? It means that mm-hmm. ghost needs to have some bling. It means yeah. like Mr. T ghost up in here, right? Like woo You gotta give him a treat. Penny the fool. Like, like uh Penny for instance, fool. say uh say they're turtled up somewhere and they're they're fine, they're whatever, but they're they're on rations, you know, because they're they're safe, but you know, there's they're living like you know, jerky stick to jerky stick. Uh have them see something go down, like a, a helicopter or something goes down, and they're like, Well, there could be supplies on that, there could be survivors, there could mm-hmm. be fresh bodies like let's let's go look Mm. so they go they get it and it's like oh wow there there was a little bit of stuff here and if they go back great but if you cut them off you know because they left and then and then you can revert them somewhere else or you can let them come back re-turtle up and then give them an even sweeter carrot and then kill them (laughs) and then say don't fucking do this again we're starting over or the third option is you look at the one of the players, you say, let me see your character sheet. And then you take your character sheet and you go, okay, now we're open adventure, you piece of shit. <laughs> oh my God. You guys should see the amount of character sheets Michael's done that time. <laughs> and yet Caleb's a nice guy and he didn't do that when Michael rolled up a monk and called it a fighter. It's not a monk. <laughs> we know, that's the problem. <laughs> awesome well thank you shane for the questions uh thank you um chromatic chameleon for jumping in we've actually gained a couple viewers here at the end i don't know uh you you kind of came in at the end but we did say eastern right yeah you just missed well they just left so daylight savings yeah but this is going to be detention every Wednesday, 9 o'clock till 10, 1030. So uh, we will have rotating guests that come on. Shane very well may be our one for next week. But we hope to do this every time, basically the same thing. And hopefully over time, uh, we'll get a bigger audience. There will be an audio-only version released uh, in a few days once we get everything settled out. But uh, Scott, Matt, thank you both for joining me tonight for our first Attention Live. I think it was ultimately very successful. And I will see you guys next time. Bye. I love you. Bye, long. Bye. Bye, Uncle Nick. Thanks for listening to the RPG Academy podcast, the flagship program of the RPG Academy Network. If you enjoy what we do here, then please check out the RPGAcademy.com and visit our site partners for additional entertainment and gaming advice. We do this out of love for the hobby and for you, our fans. The podcast and site content will always be free for you to enjoy and utilize. But we do have expenses related to the show. If you'd like to help out in any way, 
please visit patreon.com slash vrpgacademy and check out the rewards we are providing for your monthly pledges. We use all funds that come in to improve the show and give you better content and quality. And if you don't have the coin to spend, don't worry. You can still help us out in many ways. You can subscribe to our show on iTunes and or Stitcher Radio. You can leave us a five-star review. Also, if you clear your cookies and you visit Amazon or the Drive-Thru RPG site through our portal, we get a small percentage of what you pay, and it doesn't cost you anything extra. Just like any RPG, our site works best with open lines of communication. We love talking with our listeners about everything. Please contact us with any questions, concerns, and comments that you have. We also love to hear feedback and experiences from your own games. You can email us via podcast at vrpgacademy.com and reach us on social media, such as Facebook and Google Plus at vrpgacademy. But Twitter is usually the fastest way to reach us. You can find my favorite co-host, the Caleb G, at the Caleb G. And you can find my favorite co-host, Michael, at the RPG Academy. Thanks for listening. And as always, if you're having fun, you're doing it right.